Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Oracle Look deeper. The Menendez brothers. We are talking about Pamela Smart, Andrea Yates. I think that is kind of one of the first things that started my true crime obsession. We're definitely going to be diving into the legal and psychological parts of this case. First of all, you shouldn't be friends with people that ask you to cut up somebody's body. And on the flip side, you shouldn't be friends with somebody who is willing to cut up somebody's body. If she is abusing drugs at 9 and 12 years old, it would make sense that there was some significant abuse going on in the house. That's not normal. Never trust the mother or the lover. Who is a self-professed drug dealer in court? That's why we always say get a lawyer because you just fed them this information that they didn't have and they're now using it against you. Hi everybody, my name's Mary. And I'm Deirdre. And we're from Not Your Normal Murder Podcast. With my experience in psychiatry and my experience in criminal justice, we bring a fresh perspective on small town cases and those cases you can't forget. If you love true crime, a little bit of sarcastic banner, but lots of objective research, come find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You know what's the best part of Hump Day? There's a new episode every Wednesday. See you there. Hey, 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 Rainbow Warriors. This is my disclaimer. Beyond the Rainbow is a true crime podcast. It's not suitable for young children, and maybe not even for some adults. I tend to swear like a sailor, and I'm kind of proud of that. Listener discretion is advised. Hey there, Rainbow Warriors. Welcome to Beyond the Rainbow, true crimes of the LGBT. I'm your host, CJ. I'm excited. Next month, I'm going to go look at homes in the Las Vegas area. Keep your fingers crossed for me that I'll find something soon. I've never lived in Nevada before, so this could be a new journey for me. The way I see it, Nevada is a blue state, weed's legal, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, and it never gets too cold. Sounds like my kind of place. This episode's missing but not forgotten LGBTQ person is Giovanni Jesus Mercado. Now, Giovanni disappeared five years ago, and I could be dead naming without knowing. By the way, I stand corrected. I learned something. I used to think dead naming was calling someone who's trans by their birth name after they died, when actually the person doesn't have to be dead to be dead named. Dead naming means that their birth name is dead, and to call them by their birth name when they're not going by that name anymore, that's what's dead naming. So, thank you to one of Morbid the Podcast followers on Twitter who taught me that. 
Okay, so back to Giovanni. At the time of his disappearance in 2015, five years ago, he was only 14 years old. Giovanni did like to dress in more girly-type clothing. And Giovanni also liked to be called Giovanni de Jesus and or Jocelyn Vasquez, which is what makes me question whether I'm dead naming or misgendering Giovanni. So please keep in mind Giovanni's other names and that Giovanni does like to dress in feminine clothing. Also, please check out my website, beyondtherainbowpodcast.com, and there I have a link to Giovanni's Charlie Project page, and you can see he's adorable and can pass for either gender. Giovanni is Hispanic. He was 5'4 and 140 pounds at the time of his disappearance. He would normally have black hair and brown eyes, but he's known to dye his hair other colors, and he also likes to wear his hair in different styles and at different lengths. He's classified as an endangered runaway. Giovanni left his dad's home without permission, and he never returned. The authorities think Giovanni left on his own accord, possibly due to family problems. He is still missed, and his family would like to know if he's somewhere safe. Giovanni has lived in West Palm Beach, Florida, and Maryland before, so he could be in one of those places. But Miami, Florida is where he is reported missing from. Even though he's been missing for five years, hopes are high that Giovanni has not met with foul play. If you have any information at all, please call the Miami-Dade Police Department at area code 305-476-5423. I'll put this information in my show notes. I'm sure you're as tired of hearing about the pandemic as I am, but unfortunately, it's a reality we have to deal with. HIV and AIDS were also at a pandemic status way back when. HIV originated in 1920 in the Republic of Congo. It originated in primates. From there, it spread to Haiti and the Caribbean. Between 1970 and 1980, it hit New York and California hard. The whole history behind the virus is pretty interesting. It's surmised that hunters in West Africa were bitten by primates that had the virus, or the hunters brought back infected chimpanzees to eat the meat. From there, the colonists became infected in various ways. They might have eaten some of the meat that was infected. And here's another more gory prospect. Female genital mutilation within the colonies was another way HIV was transmitted. After the mutilation ritual, men would have sex with a girl whose genitals were mutilated. Having sex with prostitutes was another way HIV began to spread. By 1981, health officials took notice of HIV when young, otherwise healthy gay men started to fall sick, and they started to die in New York City and Los Angeles. HIV stands for Human Immunodeficiency Virus, and soon this virus became known as the Gay Plague. Well, of course it did. It started in Congo, moved to Haiti, and then the Caribbean. But when it hits America, it's the Gay Plague. We are kind of ridiculous here, don't you think? We always have to blame someone else for something that we're scared of. Well, anyway, now along with the dangers of HIV, members of the LGBTQ community now had to deal with the possibility of being outed if they got sick. This was the early 80s. 
hate was more prevalent to the LGBTQ community back then. And of course, with the gay plague came more hatred and fear of the LGBTQ. It was a terrifying time for the LGBTQ community as a whole. By 1990, the fear of HIV and AIDS was subsiding some. People were still fearful, but thanks to advocates educating people the fear of catching HIV or AIDS from public toilets, it wasn't nearly the worry it was in the 80s. People were still contracting HIV. Hell, people still contract HIV, but not to the degree they were, and infected people were learning to live with the disease and how to go about their lives without spreading it. As it usually happens here in America, the more conservative states, well, they take a while longer to come to their senses. And I'm not trying to offend anyone, but you know it's true. Many of the cities and towns are not really ruled by government, but by churches. These conservative cities and towns say it's an abomination, according to the Bible, to be gay. If a man lies with another man, he must die. Okay, I'm paraphrasing, but you get the gist. Texas, even today, remains a red conservative state. Although it almost turned blue with this election of orange guy and Biden, I'm pretty proud of you, Texas, and you're getting there. But in 1991, Houston, Texas had not come to their senses yet. It took a brutal murder, a rainbow crime, for Houston to wake up and smell some unicorn justice. There's an area in Houston, Texas called Montrose. It's labeled Houston's Gaberhood. And most good-sized cities do have a Gaberhood. LGBTQ community members of 1991 felt pretty safe in Montrose. On the night of July 4th, Independence Day of that year, two different worlds would crash, collide, and one man would lose his life. Paul Brassard was a 27-year-old banker in Houston. Paul was also gay. He went out with a couple of his friends to celebrate America's independence the night of July 4th, 1991. The trio hit up some bars, got their drinks on, and they were feeling pretty good that night. At the same time Paul and his friends were celebrating, a group of 10 young boys were driving from the woodlands to Houston. They had just left a party. The eldest boy was 22, and all but three were under the age of 17. This group became known as the Woodlands 10. The Woodlands is known for being pretty posh and more upper scale than a lot of areas in Texas. One might even say the young pack were spoiled rich kids. It was an interesting makeup of ethnicities, though. There were four Hispanic boys, five white boys, and one of the boys was black. Racial tension was not on their agenda that night. Homophobia and gay bashing was. A drive to Houston from the Woodlands is typically less than an hour, depending on traffic. As I mentioned, the group of boys had just left a high school party. From there, they hopped into two vehicles and caravan down to Houston. They had the intentions of stirring up trouble. The Woodlands 10 had been drinking all night, plus they had drugs in their system. It was summer break for them, and they were living it up. Heading towards the Montrose District, the 10 knew they could find the kind of fun they were looking for. Their cars would slow down while cruising the Montrose area. One of the boys would pop out of a window and ask a man if he could give him directions to Heaven. Heaven was a popular gay club in the district. 
If the man could give him directions or point the way to heaven, the boys assumed he must be gay, and all sorts of humiliating slurs were heaped upon the man before they drove off to verbally assault the next man. Soon the verbal assaults became physical. The boys had stopped to gather rocks, and when they went to ask for directions to heaven and the presumably gay man answered, the boys started chucking rocks at him. Paul Broussard and two of his friends, Carrie and Richard, had just downed their last drink of the night. After all, it wasn't really night anymore. It was early morning. It was around 2 a.m. The three friends walked across the street, and they were only a few blocks from their homes. Just then, two cars pulled up slowly to them. One of the passengers in one of the cars poked his head out. He asked the three men if they knew where heaven was. When the boys were given directions, the two cars stopped completely, and ten boys piled out from both cars. The boys started to punch and kick the three men. The three friends, Paul, Carrie, and Richard, all ran. Carrie and Richard escaped the boys by running down a busy street, but Paul, he ran towards a dead-end street. He was trapped. By now, some of the Woodlands 10 had grabbed some weapons from their two vehicles. There were a couple of bear claws, which I always thought was a pastry, so I had to Google it. A bear claw is essentially a weapon that functions similar to a hammer, though where the hammerhead would be, it's shaped like a bear head, and the handle is shaped like an arm in the claw of the bear. One of the boys, John Buse, he had a buck knife drawn and ready to use. The boys also pulled a couple of two-by-fours out of the vehicles. These two-by-fours had long nails hammered all the way through, so the sharp points of the nails stuck out. It sort of reminded me of the spiky baseball bats used in zombie apocalypse shows. Carrie and Richard realized they were no longer being chased, and they turned to look down the street where Paul was. They could see Paul cowering and ten boys approaching him with weapons. They could hear whoops and cheers coming from the boys as they attacked Paul. Carrie and Richard ran to phone for the police in an ambulance. Now I need to remind you here, Rainbow Warriors. It was 1991. The U.S. had just gone through nearly a decade of the HIV-AIDS virus. There was not one first responder who was in any hurry to get to the Montrose section of Houston. They felt that area was a hot spot the gay plague. When Paul had been beaten with bear claws, slammed with spiky two-by-fours, and stabbed a couple of times with John Buse's knife, when Paul was barely holding on to life, the Woodlands 10 decided that they had had their fun for the night. They piled back into their vehicles, and they headed back home. All that queer bashing must have been exhausting for the good old boys. Police were the first to arrive to where Paul's attack took place. By now, the Woodlands 10 were long gone. Paul was somewhat lucid and could speak a little, but it took over an hour for the ambulance to arrive. Over an hour on what should have been only a few-minute drive if only Paul had not been in the Montrose area. The EMT spent another amount of precious time documenting the fact that indeed the assault victim was gay. Paul had requested to be taken to a hospital that was only a few minutes away, but his request fell on deaf ears, and the EMTs took him to another hospital 
further away from the one he requested. It's possible because the hospital Paul requested had the word saint in it. He wouldn't be welcome because he was gay. It must be a religious hospital. The EMTs also made the executive decision that Paul's wounds weren't severe enough to warrant the ambulance lights or sirens. The eight-minute trip to the hospital they chose to take him to took another hour. What did these fuckers do? Stop for donuts and cigars on the way? Once at the hospital, it was another hour or so before Paul was seen by a doctor who was even willing to look at Paul's wounds and injuries. Don't touch that gay dude. He might give you AIDS. Don't you idiots have gloves? Even as a daycare worker during the AIDS epidemic, we were taught simple CPR and first aid training skills. First, survey the scene. Make sure you're safe. Next, put on your gloves. And if you have to give mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, there's this little great gizmo that provides a barrier between your mouth and the victim's. Oh my God, and these were supposed to be educated doctors. So sad. Paul had puncture wounds, abrasions, a broken rib, bruised testicles, and two stab wounds. He died of internal injuries the afternoon of July 5th. He most likely could have been saved and didn't have to die if only someone would have just attended to him sooner. Weeks went by and nothing was being done to find Paul's killers. LGBTQ advocates in Houston started to get on the Houston police's ass. They were asking what was being done to find Paul's killers. The Houston police responded, They had no intention of examining Paul's death any further. Wait, what? Are you kidding? No intentions of doing your job? The LGBT community started to lay it on thick. They started to pressure the mayor, legislators, law enforcement, and the district attorney's office. Queer Nation Houston started organizing protests and marches. Media coverage started running Paul's story. They reported about the lack of investigation on it. Finally, one of the Woodlands 10's girlfriends, she called the authorities with answers as to who killed Paul Broussard. John, the boy with the knife, he turned himself into the police, and one by one the other boys started to be arrested. All of the boys were tried in court after all of them took a plea deal. The sentences ranged from probation to the highest sentence being 45 years. John Buse, the knife wielder, he received the highest sentence, and he was denied parole several times before he was released from prison in 2015. He ended up serving 23 of the 45 years. All of the protesting by advocates in the LGBTQ in Houston after Paul's murder, it woke the city of Houston, Texas up. It didn't happen overnight, and it took years of advocates using Paul's death as a voice, a voice to fight against discrimination of the LGBTQ. But it led to the city becoming a place of solidarity, a feeling that had never been felt in Houston before. Houston police became more proactive, and they would even set up stings posing undercover cops as gay men so they could catch homophobic aggressors. In 2001, Texas passed the James Byrd Jr. Hate Crime Act. Although the law was brought upon by the murder of a black man named James Byrd Jr., 
Paul Broussard's name was the catalyst that had the bill add sexual preference to the Hate Crimes Act. By 2010, Houston elected their first homosexual mayor, a lesbian named Anise Parker. She served as Houston's mayor for six years. Having an LGBT member elected as mayor in a large Texas city, that was huge. Houston had progressed nicely in their acceptance of the LGBTQ community. But as with every city, there will be naysayers and haters, those seeking to destroy whoever doesn't fit into their agenda. With the orange beast out of office soon, perhaps the world, or at least the United States, will be able to settle down again for a while. Put civil unrest on an extended time out. Remember how to love thy neighbors as we should, and make America not hate again. Love you, Rainbow Warriors. Remember, it's not a crime to be gay. Unless you're a murderer. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.